Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, July 23rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. The Trump administration adds pressure to an already strained relationship with Beijing by closing China's consulate in Houston, all while a group of U.S. tech investors make an ambitious play to buy TikTok from its Chinese parent, ByteDance. Plus, German prosecutors have arrested Wirecard's former chief executive for the second time in as many months. But first, Tesla's shares jumped more than 5% in after-hours trading yesterday after reporting its fourth consecutive quarterly net profit. The FT's Patrick McGee will run through the carmaker's latest earnings and tell us why investors have been piling into the stock. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Tesla stock has, I think, more than tripled this year. And obviously, it makes sense to say, what are the reasons for that? But, you know, I think, frankly, a lot of it is just people believe in Elon Musk. And this is the only way that you can invest in him. SpaceX is an amazing company, but it's private. Neuralink might turn out to be an amazing company, but it's private. Tesla is really the only way you can go to sort of invest in a person that people think is the next Steve Jobs. And so you have a lot of retail investors buying something and it's become a momentum trade where it just continues to go up. And so people continue to buy it. And I guess the question is whether that's sustainable or whether that results in a crash later on. But that's sort of the import for why it's significant that Tesla did just have its fourth consecutive net profit because, you know, among the various issues that critics have with this company is that it's never been able to have a full year of profit. It still doesn't have that, but it does have four quarters in a row, which is pretty solid evidence that they can actually make money selling, you know, luxury electric cars and hopefully drive the cost down further and come out with a larger portfolio in the years to come. Right. And for Tesla to have four quarters of net profit, it can actually now be considered for the S&P 500. Um, Turning to the earnings report itself, What excited investors so much in after-hours trading yesterday, Patrick? So on the face of it, you know, the reason why Tesla did well is revenue was about $6 billion and almost a billion higher than forecasts. And they did eke out this profit. I mean, the profit wasn't huge, certainly not by car industry standards, just over $100 million. The thing that's interesting is that a big boost here came from $428 million in regulatory credits. Now, I don't know how sort of well understood that is, but basically like if you're a European car maker, you are punished by regulators if you don't have a low enough carbon emissions count for the cars that you sell. Tesla is judged like that as well, but of course they have zero emissions. And so what happens when you sell tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of cars is Tesla ends up having these very lucrative credits that they have no use for. And so they sell them to other car makers. So to get almost half a billion dollars worth of cash in those credits this quarter, that's actually what tipped them over into profit. So it really sort of like the, the bear versus bull thing really comes down to this because the bulls would say, you know, however they, they make their profits, they're making profits and they, and they beat expectations. But the bears are saying, yeah, but they did this on something that's totally unsustainable because it's sort of a temporary phenomenon. Yesterday, the U.S. ordered China to shut its consulate in Houston, Texas, by the end of the week. Our U.S. foreign policy and defense correspondent, Katrina Manson, has more. This is a big deal. The Trump administration has taken action against Russian consulates in the past few years, but not against Chinese. And so this is the first time that a consulate from China has been asked to close down in the U.S., And already Chinese officials are burning documents in the yard. Fire engines were called. Everyone's taken by surprise before the State Department could even announce it. 
Katrina, why is this happening now? Yeah, I think President Trump aside, who of course is always accused of chopping and changing and, and has had a, at times, very close relationship with Xi Jinping, the Trump administration has been pretty consistent in saying that China is its number one priority. So this has been gathering over several years. What's happened now, I think, is that now that Trump has negotiated part of his trade deal, the gloves have come off. And then in the wake of this coronavirus pandemic, in which both China and the US have done pretty appallingly in, in different aspects, the idea, the fiction that the US and China can sort of get on in this current climate has sort of dissipated. And the Trump administration is going all guns blazing. In your reporting, Katrina, you spoke to a former CIA station chief who said that the new tensions have all the bellwethers of a 21st century Cold War. What does that look like? I think it's really unclear what that does look like. In the most extreme version, it probably looks like allies around the world lining up behind either capital and the complete decoupling of uh, the global economy in that polarization in, into kind of bifurcation. That's not happening yet. But of course, we've seen uh, the UK with Huawei, we've seen US pressure to try and get allies to line up. And US Secretary of State Pompeo has said it's not us forcing the choice. This is all down to China. But the language of choice is already out there in the open. And that does begin to talk about something towards a Cold War. It, it might not look the way it looked in the Soviet era. And of course, if you consider a Cold War just open-ended competition between two great geopolitical entities, then sure, maybe we're in a Cold War. But this competition is, of course, potentially far more significant than the Cold War because we've got nuclear powers up against each other with ever more impressive weaponry, and they mean business. This is, um, if you'd have um, Pompeo's ideological framing of it, an ideological fight for how the world should look. Meanwhile, TikTok has found itself caught in the middle of the tense U.S.-China relationship. Last weekend, President Donald Trump's election campaign posted ads on Facebook that suggested the popular video app was spying on U.S. users. That is a claim that the company has denied. And now a group of U.S. investors are trying to buy TikTok from its Chinese parent company, ByteDance. The news comes as the app tries to avoid being banned by the White House on national security grounds. The investor group is being led by venture capital firms General Atlantic and Sequoia Capital, and they are in discussions with the U.S. Treasury and other regulators. Sources told the FT that the interested investors are trying to see if the U.S. government would feel better about security if TikTok was spun out and firewalled from ByteDance. If the sale goes through, one source said that ByteDance would retain a minority stake in the international business with non-voting shares. It's not the only bid for TikTok, though. People involved say that the move by General Atlantic and Sequoia Capital is the most advanced so far. It's unclear how much the bid is for, and one advisor said that there are still several hurdles investors would have to clear. The U.S. Treasury declined to comment on the potential deal, as did General Atlantic and Sequoia. TikTok said it does not comment on rumors or speculation. And yesterday, Munich prosecutors announced that the former chief executive of Wirecard had been arrested for a second time. They accused Marcus Braun of committing a multi-year fraud. The German payments group collapsed last month after acknowledging a multi-year accounting fraud. The company warned that nearly 2 billion euros of cash on its books probably did not exist. Prosecutors said that they now suspect the fraud began as early as 2015 
when Mr. Braun and other suspects allegedly agreed to inflate Wirecard's revenue in an attempt to deceive investors. Prosecutors also noted that the investigation into the company had widened to include other former executives with further arrests. The new arrests mean four Wirecard employees have now been detained by the German authorities. Meanwhile, a Munich judge revoked Mr. Braun's 5 million euro bail. Last month, the ex-CEO was arrested on suspicion of false accounting and market manipulation and later released on bail. Mr. Braun has previously denied wrongdoing. Lawyers for the former chief executive did not immediately respond to a Financial Times request for comment. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.